evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Bite the pillow, it's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Anything Goes with Darren Frost. Uh, Max uh, just said that a few minutes ago, but we'd like to keep reinforcing and reminding, reminding our... Uh, uh, listeners uh, what uh, show they're listening to. Uh, my name's uh, Dave Martin. I'm your host. And then uh, right beside me, our first time on, on the air, uh, the uh, lovely and talented Christina Walkinshaw. Hey, How are you? How I'm, are you? Oh, sorry. I'm already bad at this. I'm already talking <laughs> over you. That's great. Um, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here, boys. This is fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got yep. some uh, a big seat to fill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, did I say that? Did yes. I say that? Oh. That was wrong. That was mean. <laughs> a terrible, mean. Thing I didn't to mean say. it like that, but now everyone's going to think it was that way. <laughs> well, saying, we, we love Kathleen, but she's moved on to bigger and better things in L.A. And well, she's in Edmonton right now, or she, yeah, no, she's know, in Halifax now. But yeah, well, we're all hopefully moving on to bigger yeah. and better things. Well, people have to go somewhere first before they go to the big time. Exactly. Like my futon. That's where she was for the last four weeks. Exactly. Showbiz at its best. I love it. Oh, I love man. Kathleen. I miss you. Thanks for your chair. It's really comfortable, and I like your headphones too. Oh, uh, now uh, you are going to be uh, sort of in charge of our our Twitter following, and uh, we are on Twitter at uh, anything goes ha. And uh, I was just asking you before we got uh, onto uh, the subject. You don't follow. I see you have two hundred. Uh, wait, one thousand two hundred ninety followers, but you don't follow everyone that follows you. Nope. And how does that, like, does that, I don't understand how that works. Well, it's like I pick what I want to follow, right? So I do follow a lot of news sources. I obviously follow, you know, you guys and funny comedians. And then I follow my friends, like my personal friends, even though they might, you know. But nobody, nobody ever gets bothered if, if you're not following them and they're following Comedians you. do. Let me really? tell you, it's very oh, political. Yeah. Oh, oh, I unfollowed oh, so-and-so yeah. today because they're not following me. You know, there's definitely some of that. But I try to follow, like, all the comics because it's. Uh, they're interesting. That's who I like to listen to. That's who I like to talk to. I like to know what's going on. And then some random people sometimes, if you know, if I see they tweet something funny to me, then I'll follow them back because I'm I, like, oh, I like that person. They're charming. I've actually had a, like a, I've actually had a lot of non comics uh, or you know non comedy people even uh, say to me, and I hate when comedi- <laughs> I hate when comedians use the word uh, uh, civilian. But um, I've had a, they actually. Agree that like Twitter is a great thing for comics because we can sort of, sort of keep going back and forth and outdoing each other. As yeah, I mean, it also it also helps with writing because it, it condenses. You have to get the joke out as quick as possible. Right, yeah. and that's great if you're a one liner comic. It sucks if you're someone like me. Well, I always love is when you do unfollow someone, they do get upset. I mean, yeah. a comic actually got upset with me. I'm like. Dude, someone else retweets all your funny lines anyways. What do I have to follow your bullshit? I don't have to read that. Can you imagine if you got like little email notifications like you do when you get followers? Like yeah. every time somebody unfollows yeah. you, then oh, man. people would be like getting in their head every day like, oh my God, so-and-so just unfollow me. Fuck, I wish you happy birthday to your face. Do you really need a tweeter on that? If I give me a break. <laughs> Well, I, I always I, I love it when people um, uh, use Facebook or Twitter to uh, give anniversaries wishes to their to their wives. Right. I'm like, didn't you wake up with her? 
That is so fucking like. Why didn't you just wish your anniversary in the morning? <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, like the, it's, like, it's like these these people that have to be like, no, I want I want everyone to know that I'm uh, I'm uh, tweeting my wife happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. It just seems ridiculous to me. Sometimes well, I do go drinking with Kathleen, and we do tweet at each other at the table. I, I've been there when you guys do that. It's just you got. I was with oh. you, her, and someone else, and you all had your phones out. You're all twittering each other, laughing, <laughs> probably calling me fat or something, so I can't see what you're saying. Can you imagine someone fucks this guy or har har har? <laughs> Or whatever you you Twitter with each other, put the phones down. Live. Oh yeah, no, put no, the no. There, there was a couple of times because I was in New York with uh, Kathleen. There was a couple of times Ugh. where uh, we would be uh, like um, uh, walking along, and mm. she would ha- she would still be she would be tweeting, and she were in the in the greatest city in the world, surrounded by shit she's <laughs> never seen before, <laughs> and she's uh, like uh, telling all these people that she, that's following her on Twitter. It was just like uh, there, there were moments that I kind of wanted to <laughs> smash her hands with a hammer and just be like, "Look around you!" But then you know I would steal I would steal focus away from the city because her hands are all busted right, and broken. Right. But um, we did right. get we did get health insurance, so she could go get them fixed at a New York hospital if she wanted. Nice. To. <laughs> yeah. uh, and how was everybody's weekends? I was uh, I was working and uh, you know just doing my thing. I worked a, a little uh, kind of one nighter they call it in a small town doing a fundraiser, and I worked with Rob Ross. I had to host, so I had to do my happy dance like the world's a great place bullshit show that I do. And uh, I worked with Rob Ross, and if if nobody knows who Rob Ross is, you know he was one of my favorites for years. I haven't seen him in four or five years, and I saw him and. Uh, man, it was great to see someone who's so uh, underappreciated in Canada for his stand-up comedy. It's just it was really great to see. So fucking funny, and if I'm you have a big a chance, fan of his too. He's awesome. He's, you know what? He's like he should be on Conan O'Brien. I mean, his his style is is very Conan. He's perfect for that show. Doing sets. I really wish someone would just go. Yeah, you're right, uh, Darren. You know, let's scoop him up and and take him to America and show him what it's about. Because this guy writes so many funny fucking jokes. It's great. So it was great to see. It was fun to see him do well in a, in a, a small town. Because a lot of times, urban comics or you know, big city comics like him. <laughs> I mean, or, you know what I mean? Urban, yeah. urban. Not black, but you know what I meant by urban. Uh, they say they can't play small towns because the small town people won't get it. You know, you've got to be very civilian to them, and it's so fucking bullshit. Well, I mean, uh, I I love uh, I love Rob Ross too. He's one of the writers on uh, MTV Canada, yep, yep. Uh, MTV Live Canada. Yep. But um, I mean, like, this, what? Uh, but is is Rob just happy doing that? Is it like? Well, you know, he's he... a father. He lives in a, a suburb of Toronto called Whitby, and you know, he's just living his life. He's going to come on the show. I convinced him to come on, right. and, right. and we can talk to him, and you know, uh, you know, say how great he is, and make him feel awkward. That's what our show's about. <laughs> but you know, it's just uh, like, what do you do? That's the problem. Once you turn forty in, in our country. And you f- you get your hook, and he's got his hook in MTV Live. Well, I mean, the, one of the sort of the, the shitty kind of sad realities about like comedy and show business in general is that like YouTube has become YouTube has become this uh, aud- audition space. Sure, and that's and it's like you don't get the people who are coming out to see comics that are uh, sort of have yet to be discovered in clubs. Yeah, you know, they just hire a fucking intern to uh, you know uh, sit in a room all day and, and look up shit on YouTube, and they'll be like, oh, this guy has twenty thousand hits. Let's uh, let's give him a TV show. It's it's just it's not you know, I mean as as much as we might think that sure. Rob Ross would be great on Conan. I know. I know. It's just like I but know. like Conan people just watch YouTube sets yep. and then just be like, "Oh, well, this guy's good. He's funny enough. Uh, let's finally go and see him." Well, there's And I if you're not putting your shit on YouTube, then it's it's really tough to get mad. But and, and I can't name names, but something happened a couple of weeks ago with a comic I know. He contacted a club and uh, you know, some bullshit happened about him wanting to try to play that club and and they were like, "Well, who are you?" and then you're all surprised that they don't know who that comic is. And a lot of that shit happens in our in our business. 
because you're right. Unless you've got a huge presence online, uh, you know, people are kind of like, yeah, I don't give a fuck that you've been 30 years in and you've done everything. What have you done today and what's on YouTube? And that's the reality. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Christina, where were you this weekend? I was in Ottawa with Trevor Thompson and Daryl Lennox, and it oh. was awesome. Really fun times. I love going to Ottawa. That's the first place I ever did stand up in my life. I was you know, a little student going to Carleton, and your your uh, your optimism and your positivity are going to be such a uh, sort of a, a very jarring but yet refreshing element. <laughs> <in the show. laughs> Usually, at this point, Kathleen yeah. would be complaining about the thing about Ottawa is. <laughs> Smash the board in front yeah. of us, and I actually uh, got to do uh, a on Saturday. I was in Niagara Falls for two shows, and in between the shows, uh, the headliner Rob Pugh had to do like a. I, I hate even calling it a corporate show because corporate usually equals clean, but it was um, a, a fetish and uh, it was a fetish and swingers party. Right. Con- I don't want to say conventions because right. that usually makes it sound like there's like big dildo booths set up, and mm. you're going to be a. But so he had to go to this. Uh, and so I drove him to to the thing, and I <laughs> of course you uh, did. Of course I did. Yes, yes looking for insecure women. Yes. Well, but you know, but the fucked up thing about it is, is like it, to you, at the end of it, and of course it's the big cliche of like it's not the kind of swingers you want to see. Yeah, you're just, mm. holy shit, you've been swinging for a while, and uh, then uh, that swing needs reinforced. Yeah, 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 steel bolted, reinforced <laughs> to the ground. Um, let's. And uh, but the uh, and then as I'm leaving uh, to go back to the show because I had to host the second mm. 10:30 show at the uh, at Casino uh, uh, Niagara, um, I asked the guy, uh, "Hey, is this going to turn into a crazy party afterwards?" And he's like, uh, "Well, it might. It, it kind of does do that." And I'm like, "Oh man, should I come back?" And he's like, "Well, are you going to bring a woman?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Like, yeah, you can't go. Yeah, alone. You can't you can't swing unless no. you bring someone yeah. that's gonna Otherwise you'd be one chick and forty dudes that look like you. That swing is dead. That swing is dead. It'd be a great chance for me to fuck myself, but yeah, well, <laughs> it's yeah. not gonna be that. In more ways than one. The uh but while I was there, and I guess all the swingers just thought that everyone in the room was swinging. Right. And I didn't have a t shirt on that said, Hey, I drove Rob Pugh, the comedian, to the show. <laughs> this guy just comes up behind me and he puts this vibrating glove on my neck. Neck, and this was that. like one of the some product that he's trying to sell. And my first reaction, my normally my first reaction would be like, you know, you know, sort of being like, hey, boy, who the fuck are you? And maybe I might shove the guy or something like that. And uh, but then I very quickly realized, OK, I'm at a swingers convention. Right. Don't shove. Mm-hmm. And possibly Fight. violently yeah. threaten another swinger for introducing a vibrating glove to your neck, and then uh, and, and and I said, "Hey, dude, you might want to ask permission before you do that." And then he was like, "Hey, but aren't they great?" And I was like, "Still, no, you really should ask permission before you go up to a stranger and and put a vibrating glove on their neck, first of all." Let alone anywhere else. Yeah. And then right as soon as he took the glove off, I was sort of like, hey, where'd you get one of those fucking gloves? <laughs> I, yeah, I, want, I got another I can, neck. I got another <laughs> neck, a yeah. turkey neck that I want to put that on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, right. I have a neck that pees icing, so that I want to put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, nice, okay. David. Nice. So where, and uh, and did you, uh, you stayed at the, uh, at the condo? In yeah, Ottawa? I stayed at the condo. Now, uh, for people that aren't comics, uh, when you sort of travel on the road, you have to stay at a, uh, an apartment, right? A condo. And uh, do you have problems staying at condos? No, no, no. It was fine. Like I mean, I problems because I forgot like my hair dryer, my hair straightener, and you know I'm working all with all dudes, so I can't. I know. And then Tony runs the house, so it was like it was all all my girl things I forgot. Yeah. So then I couldn't. 
even nail clippers and I couldn't do any. Anyway, so anyways, one time I couldn't even leave the condo like on Saturday because I decided to Fucking shower. Fucking long nails. And I had to wait for my hair to air dry just Ugh. naturally. It was crazy, guys. It was Terrible. crazy. This is, a big, this is a drama in my life. Ugh. I had to air dry my one hair. One time I had to Saturday. air dry my fucking pubes. It took a half an hour. <laughs> oh, that, that condo was just terrible. Walk around naked trying to air dry my pubes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> all the other comics just. Uh, this weekend, the Super Bowl, uh, I want to get into this. Uh, I don't give a flying fuck about the Super Bowl. It's My attitude is fuck the Super Bowl, fuck Madonna, and fuck the commercials. I'm so tired and sick of it. I didn't even watch it. Uh, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hear about it. I even stayed off Twitter for a day and Facebook, and that was a first in a long time. I just was like, I'm staying away from this as much as I can. And I didn't. I just get so tired of it. It's just so built up, and it's never going to pay off. Did you guys watch it? I did. Well, I mean, I didn't really watch the Super Bowl. I was on Twitter most of it, but um, I was in the bar, right? And uh, I was in the bar while people were watching it, and I was liking the energy and the funness of being out on Super Bowl Sunday. I did show up to the party wearing my Clipper jersey and my Clipper hat, just to act like you know a retard, anyways. And I was like, oh, anyways, wrong uniform. But I do love the Clippers, and they are doing awesome. So. Anyways, but I loved Madonna, of course. Here I am. Of course you did. The positive yeah. one. Oh, yeah, I yeah. loved it. It was yeah, so great fun. when she sang like a prayer. I almost peed myself. Yeah. So and awesome. then what's her name? Gave the finger. Uh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Who cares? It was uh, MIA. Who yeah, I, MIA I don't gave even, the finger, yeah. Uh, I don't even, what does MIA stand for? Not missing in action. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's some kind you, of abbreviation. I know the pop culture stuff I should know more about, but actually yeah. I don't know that one either. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll look that up and bring it up. But I mean, yeah, she gave the finger and everyone got all upset and blah, blah, blah. But did they have time to blur the, the middle no, finger? No, no, that's the whole thing. Oh, they, okay. That even though it was on delay because of past problems like the nipple thing, they didn't catch it for some reason. It was so quick and it just it went out all across. But you know what? Good. I'm so tired of the fucking Super Bowl. It takes a whole week, and everywhere you go is like, come on, you go to a grocery store, it's all fucking big displays for Super Bowl. I'm just tired of it. Fuck, <laughs> fuck everyone who plays Are football. you okay with Yay, Christmas? Yay, Madonna! Are you on the same level as uh, with Christmas as the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, but I have to act like I like it because I got kids, but fuck Christmas too. <laughs> and fuck football players at Christmas if they get better shit than I do. Um, so. I, bad time to say I like Christmas too. Or, yeah, at, yeah, at, yeah, it's a bad time. At what point do you not say, well, Madonna looks pretty good for 50. She should be allowed to go out there and, and, and strut her shit. Well, you know, fine, but it's, there were much better uh, bands that could have done it, uh, you know. Well, I don't know. I mean, but that's, it's you know, they have to appeal to the broad yeah, spectrum I understand of people. That too. And there's not yeah. that many sort of pop culture uh, musical icons that much. No, you know, Madonna's an icon. I get it. But it's just so built up and it's I don't care. Like, I've never been a sports guy, I guess. So that's my own fault. But I, I don't care. So. The uh, and the they didn't get a chance to blur the middle finger. That's I, I was that that's one of the things that pisses me off the most when they blur the middle finger. Right, and that almost just implies that everyone knows what the middle finger is, mm-hmm. and that's why they're blurring it. But right, then it's, but then but it's at the end of the day, it's just a a middle finger. It's not yeah, even I know. The word, it's not even the word yeah. fuck or cunt or shit right. or anything like that. Right, it's you're putting true. too it's much. Like something you did when you were ten years old. Yeah. Like I don't think it's just immature. I don't know. It's not even like a. It's not even the uh, gun sort of. It's not even cool. Yeah. It'd be well, funnier if you were like, sign. whoa. Yeah, it's not even a gang sign, yeah. yeah. It'd be different if you if you were made that sort of hand hole in your hand and yeah. you put your finger yeah, in Yeah, that like, would be a good one. That would be a good or, one. Or she threw the shocker or the minivan. Yeah. Yeah. minivan yeah. yeah, said Liker's minivan. Is I, it weird? Oh, sorry. Sorry, don't go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, is it weird that all your microphones are kind of pointing down and mine's kind of fainting like right towards Yeah, well, me. you know, I didn't want to say anything, but if you want to <laughs> act like it's a giant cock, then you go nuts. Mine's at a different angle. The boys are like, all their microphones are kind of pointing down. Because they look like giant clits and there's the cock. 
and that's how it works. And then mine is like coming out my face. Like, no, like, you said that. You said that I did. It's but horizontal. We got to go. We got to go. Uh, yeah. We got to go into the uh, our commercial break first. I just want to mention one thing. I I saw the beginning of. Uh, uh, celebrity wife swap, and this is my, oh, yeah. my favorite example of someone blurring unnecessary shit on TV, no pun intended, but you'll find that out in a second. Uh, they showed a clip of, well, it was Mick Foley and uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. They were swapping wives, and so it shows Mick Foley's uh, wife I- in their uh, uh, kitchen, and she's picking up dog poop uh, with a, a, a glove, and uh, and they blurred the dog poop. No, they didn't. Yes, I swear to God. They blurred the fucking sh- the dog poop why? out. Why? I don't know why, but um, it's almost implying. Mommy, mommy, what's that? Yeah, it's, it's shit. It's the stuff that comes out of your ass. Yeah. It's just who has not seen shit in their entire life that wow. is going to be like, I don't want anyone to get offended yeah. at that. Well, you know why? You, show you know shit, why? It's I'll tell you why. why. I know how it works. I used to be in marketing, David. Let me explain how it works. All right, those ads during the breaks are very, very important to those right. shows. So when you start selling products that turn into shit, like McDonald's or Wendy's, it's kind of like shit going in, shit going out. Right. They don't want shit on the television. They don't no. want even to see that. It reminds them of the food they're about to eat and then shit out of their bodies. Well, I can understand if uh, you know McFoley's wife like took the big thing of shit and smeared it on her face and did a minstrel show. I can understand that. <laughs> Baby black. Okay. Take, edit that whole segment out. Okay, we're Edit done. that whole segment okay, out, right, but don't done. blur the shit. All right. It's real. It comes out of yep. all of us. Okay, Embrace David. it. Wow. Embrace the soapbox. shit. Soapbox. Soapbox of yeah. shit over there. Bum Fuck. chili for dinner. Awesome. Woo. <laughs> Bum chili for dinner. <laughs> Bum chili is my favorite word for it. David is on a roll today making <laughs> his point about, hey, you show your shit. You stand up for the shit. Fuck that, man. Anyways, we have to go to a commercial break. Uh, Our guest this week is uh, Jay Brown. So when we come back, we're going to talk all about The Rock with Jay Brown. He's going to be touring the West Coast. So if you live in the Alberta area, you'll be seeing him very shortly. So after the break, Jay Brown. There are some people who could bring world peace if they weren't so busy hating everyone. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and I'm on Kathleen McGee's show, Anything Goes. Oh, yeah, Dave Martin and Darren Frost are on it, too. But I really believe that it's Kathleen McGee's show, because she can squirt. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and it's on XM Radio, but I guess you knew that because you're listening to it. From an undisclosed location obeying all their court orders, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break, and that was Russell Peters giving a nice little shout-out and explaining to us and reminding to us that she squirted. That was uh, Kathleen McGee, uh, her her time here. She did squirt quite a bit, and uh, that's why we're not using that chair anymore. Uh, In the studio (laughs) this week, uh, we have uh, our guest is Jay Brown, uh, a comic that has lived on both coasts pretty much, well, at least in terms of comedy, Toronto and Vancouver, many times throughout his career, and uh, he's here at the show, Jay Brown. Hey, hey. Yeah. How are you, Jay? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you very much. Jay, it's great to have you here. Hi, walking sauce. Hi, how are you? Good, babes. How are you? I'm great. So many, uh, not many people, but people that talk about you and your act describe you in a way of almost like that kind of uh, heavy metal comic and uh, rock and roll comic. Uh, would you say that's kind of a fair assessment of what you do? Yeah, probably. I'm. Uh, I'm. Those are my roots. Uh, right. Metal and music, and then I, I uh, play my electric on stage uh, to end my show as well. So mm-hmm. I do something a little bit different. Uh, 
it was all because uh, an agent out west said to me one day, I'm not going to headline you because uh, nobody's complaining about following you. Right. I was like, really? Okay, well, then I'm going to bring everything I got now. Right. And so I middled one weekend in Vancouver, and I brought my electric on stage, and the headliner was uh, Simon Cotter, and he went straight to uh, <laughs> straight to uh, Calgary or Edmonton or whatever and said, I'm never, you know, following that guy again. It's, right. He can't do it. So that was that's the reason why I do it. And plus I get to play guitar on stage. Is that is that like an out west sort of mentality though? Of just like they I hate blow. Toronto. No, 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 not even the hate the Toronto thing. <laughs> it's just more uh, like uh, I got to blow the guy, the headliner off off stage. Can you believe that the agent who is running all of Western Canada? That's her. Like as a, as opposed to doing any legwork herself or studying at all, she's not in the business anymore. Thank God, so I could talk about her. But right. uh, she would uh, rely on the word coming back. How was the middle? Right. And if enough headliners said, "Oh, so hard to follow that dude or that girl or whatever," uh, thank you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <That was> sweet. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about Eddie Brill later. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it was so hard to follow them that uh, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want the middling for me anymore. Right, because yeah. it's hard work. I remember in the, in the awesome. '90s when I would go out west, and that was the mentality of a lot of middles, and and I never really abided by that because I'm not going to lie, I didn't really want to headline Cranbrook that fast. Right. I just <laughs> was, you know, I was there and and just making a bit of money, and and I had my own reasons, but I just felt that was such a way of almost like just I don't know, such such a negative vibe. And I'm a negative person for me to say it. They that's breed a, a yeah, they breed a pissing contest. Out yeah, there, that's for sure. Well, it's like yeah. throwing a piece of meat in the middle of a ring and see who can like like you know eat it first. It's just right. like, and it's just a very sort of like, uh, but there's not like a, they're not creating a sense of camaraderie. It's not so, like they're supposed to be either. But but it's in all fairness, it's a, a different geography and it's yep. a way of separating the wheat from the chaff. Yep. Out here, we have a hundred gigs within an hour's drive of Toronto. Sure, anybody can do it. Right, and it's the guys out there out west who have to drive eight hours to do twenty minutes. Yep. Yeah, if you have the metal to do it, yeah, then you sort of get that piece of pie. When that, and I, I kind of understand the mentality, but uh, when they bring guys from out east to you know tour out west and they start treating them that way, it's a bit of a culture shock. So right, right. Uh, but it was fascinating. It was a neat little transition. Now, you, you've lived in Vancouver, Toronto, Vancouver, Toronto. You've kind of ping-ponged back and forth over your career, yeah. and uh, which many comics don't do that. They, you know, they start in Toronto, go to Vancouver, go to the States, or you know, they stay in one, but they don't keep going back and forth. Now, I know you have family here, and I, know, I also know you love Vancouver. And which, you know, for you, where would you prefer to be? Oh, gosh, what a great question. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say you got it right, finally. Like everybody else, whenever I get introduced... I get introduced, oh, he's from Vancouver or, right. you know, he's he's from Toronto. They don't even mention Vancouver. I feel like I have homes in both. But, yeah, I started here in 88. I went to Vancouver in 1990. I came back in 2000, and I went back in 2004, and now I'm back here. I prefer to live in New York City. Right. Uh, but Vancouver is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, so easy to live in. Uh, geographically and and just in the system, you don't even need a car. You can do everything you need to do, and everything's right there. You can go skiing in the morning, play beach volleyball that afternoon. It's right. so beautiful and easy to live in, but there's no work. So there's just no work. The next nearest gig for from Vancouver would be Kelowna, as far as uh, a, a paid yuck yucks That's weekend. That's Nine ten hours. Uh, five or five hours. Four five, and a half. Four five, and a half five. five hours, depending on the weather. If it's the winter time, you have to go through the mountains. Oh, forget it. Yeah. But uh, that's the next, and, and Kelowna's not even a club anymore. They don't even have it anymore. So 
the next weekend from the Vancouver weekend, I guess, would be uh, something affiliated with Yucks. I don't even know. Calgary. Right, right. So uh, it's just harder to work out there, but uh, so easy to live and the beautiful people. Everything is, like, really, really nice. The politics out here, though, is much more from what I grew up doing it's like you, you know you don't you don't fuck around you mm-hmm. you don't go up to a guy in a bar and start hitting on his girl in front of him because that guy might shoot you right. out, out here out here yeah. oh, okay i yeah, thought yeah. that was like a just, no I thought it was going to be comedy related that it was just for people to get shot more out here than Vancouver. <laughs> no the, the culture well we're purveyors we're we're the messengers of culture right we're the we're the guys who go up and and make note of cultural differences on stage oh comedians are Comedians okay, are, I, did, right. I was thinking, if they, man, if this show is the one... Well, Dave, that's can you a lot keep of up? Pay attention to the <laughs> fucking no, I, show. Stop no. touching your beard. By the way, <laughs> i got to say, beard, really. I love what you've got going on. You remind me of a shopkeeper in World of Warcraft. Oh, I really? want to buy <laughs> oh, <okay>. mana <laughs> potions off of you. <laughs> Uh, something, but no, I love what you got going there. That's oh, really thank cool. you. Well, check out the <laughs> photographs on our Facebook page. We'll see my facial disaster. Uh, it's not a disaster. I'm I not... know, I know. I just I don't like taking a lot of pride in my beard. Like, uh, why this not? Is my beard, I deserve it. You should. It's an I come from a long line of beards, and I don't. Uh, but <laughs> now you you don't do song parody. Do you do song parodies? No. But it was like I've seen you before, and I don't know if this was just something you were doing that night. But it was almost more like, a, would you call it shredding or? Yeah, and but it's almost like. Do you want to know how it started? Me with the guitar on yeah, stage. Yeah, well, tell us how it started. I was in Kingston, Ontario, and I was in my room. I had brought my acoustic guitar with me just mm-hmm. to noodle around because a lot of downtime. And I walked down from the hotel to the club, which was in the lobby. I remember the Holiday Inn, and uh, and then I think Sean Majumder, Lawrence Morgenstern was hosting. Sean was headlining. I was middling, and Lawrence introduced me, and I just went, "Oh, what the fuck? I'll just walk up on stage with my guitar." And I, I didn't have any jokes prepared for it, but I just did my regular set and then noodled a little riff in between each joke. Right. And it was such a calming influence, and and it was kind of kitschy and, and neat. I liked it. I kept using the acoustic guitar. Right. And then it was when I moved out a couple of years later to back to Vancouver, and that Western agent said that bullshit to me. Then I did the other. So was it, was it like a bit of a security blanket? Yeah, almost, way? yeah. Yeah, well, be... it's, it's kind of comforting. It's sort of like, because, you know, you're up there, you're on stage alone, and then you have this guitar that's like acting. And it you. happened all around the same time we weren't able to smoke in bars. Anymore. Right. So remember when we used to be able to go up on stage and hide behind our cigarette, and it was uh, the, the guitar sort of take, took well, the you, place. You, you know what's yeah. interesting is that whenever you you put a, a comic with an instrument on stage, the first reaction for most comics is to say they're a hack, it's this and this, and it's a hack, it's a prop. But then no one ever says that about when Mitch Hedberg came to town with a guitarist and did it. It was like, oh, that was brilliant. Well, he, or, he, or Dimitri Martin. Or, right, that's what I mean. You know, it's always like uh, everyone's a hack, but a select few people. Right. You know, whenever, because I've got a lot of friends that do props, not just guitars, but I've never really played that game, but I've also, but I've seen it. You know what I mean? It's like if, if one person does it, it's, it's amazing. If few people do it, oh, that's, you know. Yeah, we would never think to call Dave Mary a hack ever right. in a million exactly. years exactly. and he brings more shit up on stage than anybody right. I've ever seen. Absolutely. And it's fantastic. Of course it is, but yeah, you, you, some young comic would call him a hack because of that. Right. They don't understand the history, they don't understand what he's doing, they just see trunk, they just go hack, and that's one of the problems in our business is that you know you just see something and you automatically judge it before you actually see what it's about, and you know I guess that's human nature. But we do have a couple Twitter questions because what we're starting to do now is when guests are coming on, we're you're trying to use Twitter. And I know that uh, Christina's got some questions that some people Twittered in, and I want to make sure we get to them. So, Christina, what's one of the questions that was asked? All right, this one I think is a good one. This one's from Dom Paré, and he's uh, at Dparé on Twitter. And uh, he wants to know if anybody's ever heckled you 
um, during your guitar part of your act? And if so, how do you switch between dealing with the heckler and doing your music? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's, sure, it's happened a couple of times. But mm. uh, luckily for me, because it's the electric guitar, it's easy to drown them out. Just crank it up and, you know, right. bust out a riff. And, and usually people are like, what? <laughs> like, it, it's twisted. But I was in Edmonton uh, a couple of years ago about... Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're just, they just opened the club, and it was my first time back since I opened it. And uh, some dude threw a quarter at me on stage. And uh, I was like about halfway through the guitar. The guitar part I do 15, the last 15 minutes of my act. I was about halfway through. And I was like, Maybe he was asking you to do the Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant No Quarter album. Maybe that's I, exactly. That's, that's a long way to go, but yeah. you immediately took it as <laughs> but, an insult. Yeah, we right? all thought you that. You were like, oh, thank you very much for a quarter. <laughs> right. I will make a phone call after the show. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a phone call to go fuck your mother, but... Uh, but I, yeah, I chewed him out for it, right? Sure. I, at first I said, who threw that? And he hid behind his girlfriend. He was in the front <laughs> Yeah, they all do, yeah. Fucking pussy. So uh, I chewed him out, and then I went back. You know, I, I kind of made it... I got heavy, and then I brought it back to being light. And I said, besides, you know, you're whatever, throwing a quarter on stage, it's like half my paycheck or something like that. Like sure. I made I made reference to, we're not making much money. And it got a laugh and I went back into the jokes and then 5 minutes later I'm just about to I'm just about to say goodnight. He throws another fucking quarter. I was <laughs> like, "You know what? That's it. Take off the guitar. Fuck you, you cunt. I'm out of here." And uh everybody in the crowd was screaming at the guy sure. like they were going to kick his ass cuz they thought they got ripped off of oh, net, shit, the yeah. last 20 minutes of the show. Right. Meanwhile, I only had about six seconds left. Right. Yeah. But I made a, such a big stink out of it. You should have told them, I was going to do a two-hour marathon <laughs> of No, no, no. Like, you, you, what you do is you smash them over the head, then you pick up the guitar, and you start doing like some 29-minute like Echoes by Pink Floyd or something. Right, right. Or, in but, the God of the Vita, you know, the extended version. Right. But, you know, every once in a while you get someone smart-ass yells out Free Bird or something like oh, yeah, that. Come you know? on, that's but, fair. That's but, fair. But the way I start the guitar thing, I bust it. Like, it just... It's such a great, like it, it grabs them by the everybody by the throat and says, "Hey, we have someone on stage who who can play." And I do that thunderstruck riff off the top, or sure. or then I play fugue from Toccata. So it's like it's not just uh, dinky dink. And I think people are more interested in. It's not very funny, I guess, but it's <laughs> it's fucking awesome. To, I don't know. I love playing it. It sends chill up my spine. I got to do it on Massey Hall. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, that, you did New Year's Eve this year at Massey Hall, which, yeah. for those who are listening, is a, a, a history, a venue with so much history. So many big artists have played there. It's a 2,000-seat theater in downtown Toronto. 2,700 seats. Sorry, yeah. 2,700. And it's like, you know, it's an amazing, it's probably the top venue in, in Toronto to play. Yeah, if you're like rock and roll for yes. like a gritty rock and roll. Uh, and the, the thing is, I went and did sound check at like three thirty, four o'clock, and and my guitar. I don't bring an amp or anything. I bring this little, like a pack of smoke size little unit. I plug my guitar into, and then I plug that into the board. Right. So the system. So I'm using actually their system. And when I was doing my sound check. All these surly union stagehands, you know, one by one came up to me after and was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Where did, where did you plug that in? That thing sounds amazing. I've never heard it sound so good. And to get that, uh, you know, mark of approval from those guys who would right. know better than... Yeah, of course. They've any, seen everyone. Yeah. Right. They've seen everybody. And to th for them to come up and compliment yeah. my guitar sound, well... I was walking and none out. of them threw a quarter, I guess. None so. of them threw quarters. Of <laughs> there we go. You know, they like must have been from Calgary. That's you know, that's the barometer. All right, is there another question? Because I remember there was one other one about heavy metal or something. Uh, I've got a couple questions. Okay, um, go ahead. Okay, this one's from Brian Hope. He's at Brian Hope Comedy on Twitter, and he is a comedian from Kingston. He's very funny. Uh, he would like to say, he goes, uh, could you ask him how long he's been best friends with Donnie Coy for? 
<laughs> is that a backhanded question? Because I don't know if you are you friends with Donnie Coy and uh, or there's some story behind that. There must oh, be a story behind. I, I don't that. know unless unless he's referring to. What Donnie Donnie said something to him about me. I don't know. Jeez. I don't maybe, talk maybe, about inside. Maybe we just you know, maybe the world and comedy. Wow. They, everybody thinks you're your best friend. Maybe Donnie maybe Coyne. Donnie was yelling. Maybe he thought he was yelling at you one time, but he was yelling at a sandwich or I don't know. It's like <laughs> he just had a, some weird alcohol. Like that bar stool yeah. looks like Jay Brown. I'm gonna kill. play play Black Russian by Peter Frampton. <laughs> something like that. Nice. I've so. never even met Donnie before, but oh, I, you know what? So. I Quit see bragging. his headshot everywhere. Yeah. Wow. His that, hat's coming back in style. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I have one more question. Okay. Uh, okay, so this one's from Tyler Morrison. He's at Tyler Morrison 1 up in there, Muskoka. And uh, he says, Jay Brown is the heavy metal comic. What's his favorite metal band and why? Oh, what an awesome question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like you were like that you planted that question of like, oh, wow, what a great question. <laughs> but, but please tell us, what is your. What is right it? now, my favorite heavy metal band is Lamb of God. Right. Who right. just played in Toronto. Yeah, they just yep. played last week, and uh, uh, just one of the best bands, uh, groove metal bands out there, and they just released a new album. Uh, but uh, before that, it was Pantera. I'll always love Pantera. Uh, they have a soft spot in my heart. But the reason why I am the person who I am is Van Halen. For sure, it's Van Halen. No, are they metal, though? I was not even... Well, Van Halen. No, they're not metal, no, but no. Uh, they influenced rock. every metal guitar player, every guitar player who's came after them. Yeah, so... Yeah. Van Halen is the reason why I play guitar and uh, led me down that path. You right. know, I, I consider, like, Eddie Van Halen the nirvana of rock music. Everything before and Fuck after. you, Darren. Well, too bad. <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. Too bad, man. <laughs> too bad. Put a gun in your mouth, Eddie. You're not bringing your bases on the road. Fuck you. <laughs> I got a problem with Van Halen. They reformed, and, you know, they've kicked Sammy to, this, to the curb. Fine. But Michael Anthony should be there. I don't give a fuck if your kid's a good bassist. Michael Anthony should be there. Your period. kid's not a good bassist. This kid's well, shit. Yeah, okay, but that even makes my point even more. You're right. You're it's right. Like, fuck you, Eddie. But the you reason. You out fuckhead. The reason. And your crazy <laughs> wife who left you finally because you can't fucking do shit. And they're, all these songs are old songs that are just reworked. They're reworked fucking songs. You're right. They're actually from original like, Yeah, original they've albums. all been released before on demos. And you fucking kick Michael Anthony out so your son, what, can play these old no, demos that's from not 20 why. years ago? No, that's not why. They kicked uh, Michael Anthony out because, uh, Al, first of all, Alex and Eddie are two of the most egotistical fucking cunts exactly. on the planet. Exactly. And they kept looking at Michael on the other side of the stage thinking, why is this guy making 25% of our work? Why is he paid? Sure. Because right. Michael sure. Anthony bragged one day about this new house he bought. Sure. And, uh, and they're like, what? That's my money that you... So they're like, fuck you. And then they they got him out of the band, which they didn't realize his vocals. Is, he's one of the best background vocals. I know that. He makes... I mean, I'm not even a big Van Halen fan, but I know that he... You know, Diamond Dave is whatever. He's a you know he's a good showman. He's but his, whatever. But, 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 but his but his voice isn't that amazing right. in concert. It was always Michael Anthony that kind of backup that gave it that push yeah, in concert. Definitely. And that's missing now. And uh, another thing to that, uh, further to that, was that uh, they wanted to go back on the road again, and Eddie was really dirty with the with the he was smoking crack oh, at yeah. one I point he was, he was doing know, yeah. porno jingles yep. he was an alcoholic lost half his tongue smoking is messed up his wife leaves him they want to go back on the road and make money so uh, they want to do it and get the kid out there so that Eddie A stays on the straight and narrow right and B 
uh, his kid gets the experience to tour with his dad. So we can blame the show intervention of not having him on it. That's right. That's right. Maybe, you know what they should have done? Maybe Gary Sharon should just be his fucking chaperone and make sure he doesn't do the drugs. Gary chaperone. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Can I ask what are porno jingles? You just said he's doing porno yeah, jingles. Yeah, he would, he would do soundtracks to porns. Like, you know, the songs in the background, he was doing oh, that. Oh, okay. Dave, you've I never watched a porn. No, oh, no. I've, <laughs> All I've, the way I've, through. I've watched a porn. I've just <laughs> never been like, hey, this is a great song, too. You watched them on mute. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I put my own words in. <laughs> put my own dialogue. I take the, I take the uh, audio clips from Full Metal Jacket, and I work it back into the... Uh, <laughs> um, and different strokes. Exi- yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, I make it somehow yeah. that, like... Uh, I like the drill instructor's fucking Gary Coleman. Yeah. A lot of like, what are you Dave, talking Dave about? Dave gets hard whenever he hears Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now. He was yeah. a kind man, a wise man, bullshit man. Yeah. He comes, he comes, fucking balloons. Now what? Uh, now uh, Darren and I have talked about this as far as like metal goes, but how there's like a a big separation between like the uh, like the, the like there's a lot of old metal bands that can still like sell out huge shows in Europe, and but and they're almost forgotten about. There's such an afterthought in the states. And what do you think that was? It did like did um, metal get too glam at one point, and then people couldn't. To handle the the crossover, there's a, like Baron, Darren can say this better, but you know what I'm talking about. I have a, a theory. There's a definite sense of mortality in Europe because everywhere you go, every step you take outside, you're pretty much walking on a road that's 400 years old, right. or you're looking at a building that's a thousand years old. Yeah. So you you get this sense of you know what. We're all going to fucking die. So let's just live and smoke and drink and fuck. And, and so there's like there's this real sense of uh, honor and, uh, you know, fabric that came before you. Right. Whereas here in North America, everything is relatively new. Yeah. And there's no stability. Right. So it's always the insecurity of give me something fresh to make me feel good and validated. The old stuff is passe. Uh, that makes me feel old. I don't want to think about it. Give me what's the next new thing. Right. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Those things are like, so old bands touring Europe get a lot of success because people have a respect for those things that are, you know, venerated, right? They've been, they've been out there for a long time and they've proven themselves and they're historic. Whereas out here, the kids don't have that kind of respect. Plus, you got to also remember, in, in Europe is now a lot easier to travel than it was in the 80s and 90s. And a lot of the bands didn't go there during their peak because they were making too much money in North America. So now they all go over there, and it's like, yeah, I do want to see the Scorpions because for five or ten years they didn't play Europe because they were too busy playing America all the time. Right, right. And that's also part of it. It's like you no know, different than comics. That's why a lot of comics do well over there because people go out in Europe a lot more than North America. North America's cocoon, and Europeans, they go out, they go to shows. They'll right. spend their money. They'll buy CDs still. They'll still support artists. They're not stealing. I mean, they, yeah. they are, but not to the same it's extent. It's such a pain in the ass to travel here. Every time yeah. I live in Woodbridge, and everywhere I go, it takes 45 minutes, no right. matter what the fuck I need. So, so Christina, will you? Will oh, you, uh... I have a question. So um, I obviously, you know me, and I don't really know a lot about metal. Um, you know, I'm more of like a Taylor Swift Kesha girl. <laughs> so oh, I'm nice. gonna, I know, right? Um, so I'm going to ask a question that I know all the ladies are probably dying to know. Yeah. Um, do you have any pop like uh, pop singer weaknesses? Like, do you have like one really cheesy singer that's yeah. totally out of your uh, normal genre of music that you just can't resist? Oh my god! I'm very yeah, guilty it? pleasure. Yeah, hey, I love the Indigo Girls. I say it every fucking week. <laughs> so you gotta own it. Guilty pleasure. Uh, my guilty, guilty pop, pleasure, pop pleasure. Uh, on my iPod that I play almost every day. Alicia Keys. 
All right, that's pretty cool. That's oh, that's lame. Why, why is that lame? <laughs> that's lame because it's safe. I mean, she, everyone loves her. There's got to be someone but, like. Uh, but you I'm, love, a, I'm like, the metal. I don't know, what like did you Thomas want? Dolby yeah. or oh, wait, something. A, li- yeah. a Little River Band. How about that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's Darren closer. wanted you to say "Color Me Bad" or something. yeah, like something like that. It's embarrassing. Like everyone likes Alicia Keys. Who doesn't? That's like saying I don't like Seal. Like give me a fucking break. <laughs> Other than his dermatologist, who I guess actually he'd love Seal because he makes a lot of money. But well, I don't, I don't. There's nobody. I, I don't have anybody. Oh. Dokken would be embarrassing almost yeah, to course, nowadays. Course, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Alicia Keys, I have, and I often thought, you know, whenever I put it on at Daryl's place, he laughs at me. So I oh, think, yeah. well, that's the barometer. Maybe you can like do a little. Remake, that's the barometer. Like if if Daryl do... Lennox laughs at you, then that's it's a bad thing because he, he thinks it's a che- he thinks it's cheesy that I like. He loves her. He thinks she's great. Oh, okay. But because I'm such a metalhead, he, he goes, Jay Brown, he's so fucking cheesy. But now, uh, and you're touring. You're touring right now with Daryl, right? You're about to go out west to Alberta. And what are those dates? Yeah, Daryl Lennox and I start on Thursday, the 9th of February, nine, ten, eleven in Calgary. Okay. And then uh, we're gonna do hang out in Calgary for a week. I'm gonna smash the fucking tables at the Elbow River Casino. Yes, you are uh, yeah. playing poker, uh, like I always do. I always rape those people. Fuck. They almost offered me a job as the uh, poker room manager last oh. time I was there. What, and I, I got uh, one quick question. A lot of times, uh, whenever I work with you, you're you're hosting a lot, and people always talk about. And I always de- not like there's a need for me to defend you, but I always bring up the name when it comes to hosts. I always uh, bring up your name because I think that you you do a great uh, job at it, like setting a, a tone for the show. Oh, and then, and, Dave, are you okay? It sounded like you passed something there. No, I right? just uh, it was just small stone. I he just, did uh, readjust. He readjusted. Yeah, yeah. I ate a piece of Lego when I was a child. Are oh, you getting all I, choked up that you're saying how great Jay is? And I'm seeing. I, I wish I could be. That. I, no, I, I got a lot of lower back pain, and I slipped right. a disc. Okay, but what do you, what do you, and how do you approach hosting? Oh, because uh, I mean, there's a lot of responsibility. Sure, to I uh, I try to uh, adopt the mentality of uh, because a lot of clubs are in they're built like darker basement kind of areas. The the arena that we're in, the, the chairs and everything's tight and packed together. So I try to I I also fall I fall into this idea that we're kind of at a house party. Yeah. Our parents have gone away. You guys are all friends of my younger brother. Right. And I'm the older brother chaperone as the host. Right. So we're all going to have fun tonight as long as you, nobody goes into my yeah. fucking room. We're all going to wang chung tonight. Right. As long as. So we're all going to have good times, but I'm the boss. Right. So right. listen to what I have to say and, and everybody will have a good time. So because I'm 6'2", 250 and, uh, you know, the tattoos and everything, I guess that kind of works for me. But I'm also elo- eloquent and erudite. At the same time, so I try to. I'm not, you know, showcasing those abilities right now, but I try to be as fluffy and light-hearted right. as possible as well. So then people are like, "Okay, I, I know where this guy's coming from. I, okay, yeah, I can totally flow with that." And then when someone steps out of line, I make an example out of them. I don't rape them verbally, but right. uh, I make an example out of them and say, "Hey, that's that shit won't fly here." And if you want to have a good time, let's fucking chill out. Yeah. So uh, I get a lot of compliments. I don't even know what it is. I mean, I see other guys hosting; they do the same thing. Right. Yeah. But I don't. What, so what's the difference? The, the only difference I can see with other guys hosting is that a lot of other guys are more interested in doing their material. Yeah. And I'm more interested in setting up the show. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really don't care about my material. I don't give a fuck if it gets out there. You I know, don't care what. Well, well, what's funny that when you mentioned that your style of uh, of hosting, that I once went to a party when I was in high school, and the older brother was there, and uh, and strangely enough, he told me to tip the waitstaff. 
So, uh, <laughs> which I thought that was very strange. I'm yeah. like, well, there's, well don't drink and drive. We had, right. to, we had to bring our own booze. Who am I going to uh, tip? This is very strange. Yeah. And, uh, and what? There's a second show coming in. Well, yeah. I don't understand this. Yeah. We're, I'm at, I'm at and next week and, at the party, performing is who? Yeah, yeah Jim Morgenstern. Uh, some <laughs> Larry agent, Horowitz. Some agent guy asked me uh, uh, last year. He goes, "Where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what are you grooming yourself for?" And and I realized that uh, so many not to be your, not to be you. That's what I would right. say. You didn't make a joke about your you didn't make a joke about your pubes or anything like that. When about no, the grooming thing. Dave, okay, all right. What the fuck, man? Well, Darren brought up pubes. And... <laughs> Jesus, <Dave. laughs> uh, I said to him, a lot of comics are grooming their sets to do five minutes on talk shows, right? And get out there. Whereas I'm grooming myself to be the host of that talk show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And, I like that. And I think that would be why I go up on stage and try and talk and think on my feet faster. And sharper and just, you know, you know, the fact that I do the same fucking, I lead people down the same paths every fucking time is, yeah. is counterproductive. But I still try and think on my feet and, and talk to the crowd. So when I'm hosting, I, I would just more like it to be an organic thing than, and then if I, if I fall into trouble, if I run into a dead end, then I'll set up a punchline and I'll, I'll walk someone down that path. Okay, one uh, one other quick thing before we go. we got about two or three minutes, but I just wanted to ask you about the whole Eddie Brill uh, controversy that's happening because I know you're friends with Eddie. I don't want you to spill any kind of beans of what you may know on the inside, but just your general thoughts. There's nothing what, to spill, yeah. Okay, but, okay that's fine. But um, what, what were your general thoughts? I mean, my thoughts was it was a bit like a witch hunt. Um, I've never liked how Eddie did those um, those uh, classes uh, attached Workshop. to things. Yeah. I personally had a problem with that. I think it was a bit of a conflict of interest, but that's my, my thing. But I thought it was a bit of a witch hunt, the whole anti-girl thing that happened there. Right. And, you know, you're friends with him. What were your thoughts? Uh, so for those of us that don't, don't know, uh, he got interviewed in New York Times, I think it was. Yeah, it was the yep. Times. And uh, he said the problem with a lot of female... Why, why aren't there any female comics on Letterman? And yes. he said, and he's the booker and he's, he's also the warm-up, the warm-up person. Yep. And he said, well, the problem with a lot of female comics nowadays is I find that they're uh, inauthentic. They're not very authentic. Right. And then a lot of them are, are trying to be like... Are not trying to be... Are more, more like men on yes, stage. Yes, And because I know Eddie and, I, and I've sat in his house many times and we've played poker many times and and joked around with all of us with you know with these fucking heavy hitters in new york city i know that he's never ever even in jest said something derogatory about another comedian every comedian out there who's working any any comic who's gotten behind the wheel and driven to get to a gig has eddie's respect right he might not think that that guy's right for letterman or that uh uh, comedian is perfect for the show, right. but they all have his respect. I have never heard him say anything bad. So when I heard, read those words, I knew what he meant was that unfortunately, the environment in which we all work today, beer sales takes precedence over the art, and the the crowds are being bred to uh, speak out or or yell out because they're not being they're not being shut down. In a lot of places, a lot of places you guys and I work, there's zero tolerance. Like sure. in Tor- Toronto, you can't even speak loudly at your table to your friend. Never mind talk to the guy on stage. But um, so uh, what I'm seeing him say is that a lot of the female comics, as opposed to being uh, afforded the ability to go up on stage and be themselves and, and share their art from within, they're having to be as aggressive as some of the male comics are being uh, before them or after them because th- that's how they they have to deal with these fucking asshole crowds. So when you go up on stage and, and the guy before you, if you're, if you're a girl comic, you're headlining the show or you're middling the show or and the guy before you goes up on stage and, and deals with the heckler with muscle, 
verbal muscle and he gets a huge round of applause and the crowd shuts up, what are you going to do next time you get handed a heckler? You're going to do the same thing if you see it works over and over again. So when, when he says they're trying to be like guys, I don't, I don't think that he means they're writing jokes like guys. I think that he was saying that, unfortunately, the industry is such that women aren't allowed to be themselves as much as they want to be, and uh, he doesn't see that it's working for the show. Now, having said all that, Right. I know that, that I know, was a lot to say. It was a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Having said all that, I know that he's actually protecting David Letterman because Letterman doesn't like fucking chicks. Are you serious? Yes, he does. No, yes. well, he likes wow. He doesn't like chick comics. He oh. doesn't. Uh, he does uh, you know, listen to me, chick comics. He doesn't like female, women comics as much. He thinks they're funny to talk to, interact with. Right, yeah. Amy Sedaris, Terry Garr and all those g- gals, but uh to come out and do a set, they have to be really really special. And he did have one uh, female last year, yeah. and uh, I'm sure this year he'll have 22. But uh, <laughs> well, how, how did you how did you take the whole Eddie Brill thing, Christina, as, as well, a as I, a lady of comedy? I've met him a couple of times, and he's actually been very nice and very supportive. And I never got that vibe from him either. And so my initial reaction was, you know what, maybe this has been taken out of context, or do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. know some of the best interviews are the ones where, you know. They are taken out of context, and they're just, you know, kind of sensationalizing the story and just making it seem a little more controversial. Do you know what I mean? They well, want the, they want all these people to read these. The journalist and, himself didn't even blow up on that point. It was Elaine Boozler who blew it up on Facebook. Oh, I, on Twitter, I saw that. Uh, yeah. yeah, she went nuts, and then I was on on her because her and I are friends as well on Facebook, and I was defending him. I must have put 120 comments on that thread yeah. defending Eddie Brill. And uh, about one out of every eight or nine people that responded was defending him as well. But the rest of them, nobody knew him. They just took the words at face value. Right. Fuck him, the fucking misogynist. Well, it's, like, yeah. He's one guy booking for a particular show, and you know you got to book comics for that demographic. So I thought, I agree with Darren, it was a bit of a witch hunt and a bit of a slow news day, you know, hoisting Eddie Brill yeah. up on this sort of He got cross. fired for it. Yeah, he got fired for it. I don't know if they'll necessarily have more chick comics on this year, but I mean, I think there's a lot more funny women definitely to choose from in, in stand-up these days as opposed to w- way back in the when, day. Eddie thinks, Eddie thinks that I hope. <laughs> uh, there's so many funny women out there. He, he loves so, so yeah, but many. but that doesn't mean they're right for Letterman. That's and it right. Doesn't, and it doesn't mean that they should get on Letterman. It just means that they should go and try to find their own thing. If they have to get on Conan right. or Kimmel. Look, why do you want to be on a show that doesn't want you? I mean, I've had to grow up and learn that how many times in Canada. Right. If someone doesn't want to work with me, fuck you. But, and if that's, that's the way it is. Yeah, I'm sorry, know, right. but that's the way it is. But in defense of Elaine Boozler, she had a point as well in that if you're uh, even misinterpreting these words, we shouldn't don't let it bring us back into the dark ages. So, you know, she was very adamant, but she, she fucking ripped him apart, man. Like it was just not very nice, but uh, she did have some valid points. about. Well, I mean, Elaine Boozler, I respect her tremendously. I mean, I've always thought that, you know, it's sad. That, and it's not sad. I mean, she maybe just pulled out a stand up from being a big uh what she like she was in the eighties, but I always thought it was she's kind of a bit of a forgotten. She's kind playing of rebel Vegas comic. this weekend. Yeah, okay, but I mean, in terms of the public eye, most people right. don't know who Elaine Booth. We know who she is, right? Right. And some people who go to Vegas go, hey, let's go check her out. But it's not like she's like Rosie O'Donnell, you know, or something like a big Thank iconic God. statement kind of comic. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, you're right. Elaine well, so, Booth had her. She's done her Letterman episodes back. Yeah, but in that the was NBC in the eighties, yeah, in, exactly. in the early nineties. She hasn't done. I'm not. I don't want to say she hasn't done much. I don't know, and that's what I'm saying. I follow it, and I don't know. So, you know, 
She's saving animals now. Which, yeah, I, I know that. Which, uh, for comedy, it's the comedy equivalent of wearing big glasses as a broadcaster. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we got to go, unfortunately. But uh, I want to uh, thank Jay for coming in. And you're going to be in Alberta. Say those dates again. February. February 9th, 10th, and 11th in Calgary. And then the following weekend in Edmonton. And Good that will go. be at uh, Yuck Yuck. So go to yuckyucks.com to check out that. And uh, find Jay on Facebook. He's pretty controversial there. And add him as a friend and talk to him and say, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, say that Daryl Mack isn't funny in here. Oh, <laughs> let it die already. All right, I'll let it die. All right, thanks, Jay. Thank thanks, you very buddy. much, Jay. Yeah, thanks, I was say. You wouldn't pick them up on the side of the road, but thanks for listening now. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Doug Stanhope, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Friends on Anything Goes XM Radio. Get that shit out of your ears and put this shit in. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, that was uh, Jay Brown in the interview seat on Anything Goes, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I haven't seen Jay in a while. He's got this kind of very pirate look to him now. He used to be this kind of heavy metal-looking guy, but now he's kind of trying to be a suave kind of, uh, you know, a suave man. Well, yeah, no, he has, like, one of those, like, uh, corduroy jackets on with, yeah. like, patches, patches on the elbows. <laughs> like a pipe, with a pipe. Yeah, yeah. and, like, you know, he's, uh, you know, going to uh, take you into his uh, office and uh, and he discipline you in some way. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why. Before he listen to his music, yeah. like the bands he likes. Um, so you guys did a very interesting show this week. Uh, you were telling me about it. I want to talk about this on the show, and I've never heard this kind of show idea before. So, uh, what happened, Dave? Tell me, or Christine? Anyone? Christine? Anyone? Well, it was want? a it was a show that uh, is held by who, who Georgia Hancock Brooks, the lovely and talented, very okay. funny, and Matt. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, what uh, was it, Matt Foley, or what? Did, what's Matt it, Foley, Matt? yeah. Okay, and right. uh, the two of them host it. They judge it. So Georgia hosts it. She does her comedy, okay. and then uh, the two of them sit there on the side of the stage as judges. And anytime they believe that the joke bombed, I mean, they're obviously gauging off the crowd and such. Sure. Um, then they call the shot and they say, "All right, that joke." Boom. You have to take off item item of clothing. Yeah, you have to take off an item of clothing. The, the show is called strip comedy. Okay, and. Uh, it was one of the sort of, of the few shows where you're sort of like, oh shit, I gotta do some crunches or something before a show. Usually, <laughs> that's the one thing comics aren't Put supposed the gravy to be. Down and uh, comics aren't supposed to have like ripped abs. We're supposed to be right. the funny ones that right. get out of fights by not fighting and making someone laugh. So not like we can't be in physically good shape, but okay. But was, here's the big question. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's all. Okay, uh, how many pieces of clothing did you have to take off, Dave? Uh, well, I had I had three layers on top, and those got taken off. <laughs> And then I kind of insisted at the end to remove my pants, but I did have two pairs. Of, <laughs> I did have two pairs of uh, so you uh, dressed under, for it. On. Yeah, I kind of did to cheat. Not to cheat. I yeah, that's wa- cheating. I would have worn three layers anyways. That's on top. cheating. It's... That's like crossing the border with your new clothes. Don't fucking tell me that's not cheating. <laughs> not, okay, well, you uh, cheated. All right, how many articles? How many layers of clothes did you have on? All right, here's the pathetic part. Oh, is we that... got another cheater in the room. No, the show was going great, and okay. I was like, there was this creepy. Disgusting part of me that wanted to take off my top. Sure. Uh, I kind of wanted to remove my pants at the end, too. Right. Uh, (laughs) They were a great crowd, though. And, like, the jokes were all working. And I had, like, my clipper jersey, like I said. And I had a T-shirt on after that. And I, well, I did take off my hat, though. Yeah. I took off my hat and then I took out my jersey. But then I was like, 
I don't know. And I just did it. And I wore the most padded bra ever. So Fuck I was that. like, Fuck that. I'd, 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 I'd have a t-shirt, shorts, and no underwear on. And I'd <laughs> fucking do from there. John Harris had this. And, and John Harris is the kind of guy that you don't think he's going out on a limb by taking his clothes off on stage. Uh, but because I think anytime that things start going bad, he's like, oh, hey, look, I'm going to lose some clothes. Wow. But he had this weird tuck job. That was like yeah, a no. long way to go for a joke, but uh, oh, God. it was quite uh, disturbing did, yeah, to see. Yeah, he did it, like that whole Silence of the Lambs thing or whatever. Oh, the like guys Malachi it. from Children of the Corn looking yeah. motherfucker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was very odd. It was uncomfortable. Now, have you seen anyone naked at the show? Have you been there and someone had to take it all off? Not full-blown naked, but definitely like I've seen guys. This is only the second show I've ever seen. Well, right. the first show I've ever been in, and I saw part of it when she did it at the Central uh, like a month ago. Yeah, half the reason I wanted to do the show was I was hoping that Georgia was going to lose at least one more layer last night. Because <laughs> she started the show with just like a flannel shirt on and then like a yeah, see-through top on sure. and then a black bra and then she just took off one fucking layer of uh, the... Yeah flannel thing and then she lost her stockings but and you're sitting there with your popcorn and gravy just fucking waiting for it <laughs> <laughs> weren't you no. David huh? oh yeah no. take I, it off <laughs> kind of but no I used to get naked on stage all the time and uh, it was funny because another comic who also gets naked on stage told someone that I was ripping them off and I'm like first of all uh, I started getting naked on stage before you ever ever did comedy number one number two I don't own naked yeah exactly that's the bullshit thing right and, and number three it's like I'll tell you the last time I ever got naked i was bombing in hamilton which is redundant and uh i just started taking my clothes off because i was like fuck you people and then i got naked and i'm cupping my balls and someone yelled out where are your nipples and i freaked out i'm like this isn't bad enough i'm taking all my fucking clothes off and now you're heckling my tits you fucking <laughs> cocksucker you know and i'm jumping around and i'm screaming i'm trying to make it funny it's not funny of course except for the comics that know me and uh, that's the last time I ever got naked. Don't yell at his tits. Actually, Christina found out last night that her and I are the same cup size. <laughs> we did. Oh, nice. Both, it was both, beautiful. Both nice. Have very ample A's. But yeah. <laughs> my, new, my, new nick, my new nickname is going to be Shitty Titfuck. But, uh, actually, that sounds like my Native American, mm, mm, Shitty Titfuck. Stop but, it, David. I'm sorry. David, I, can't, I can't help it. We've talked about that voice. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> do you want, can, can we, do you want to bring up the Now Magazine? We got an angry shout-out from someone. Okay, so, you know, our, our show has been back on the air for a few weeks, and the one thing that we're trying to do is we're really trying to uphold this idea of anything goes, and we're shooting from the hip and talking about what we feel. And it's not that we didn't do that before, but I guess, you know, since restarting, we, we definitely are doing it more. And we did have Scott Thompson on a few weeks ago, and we talked about Now Magazine, and all three of us have our issues with Now Magazine uh, at the time, Kathleen, uh, Dave, me, and, and Scott, who was there. And we said some negative things about Now, and it turns out that someone from Now Magazine heard the episode. Not just someone. Well, let's just leave it at okay. that. And uh, they were not happy with what we said, and, and I gave that person an open invitation to come on the show. Let's talk about it, because uh, I have my own issues with Now, and I think that, uh, you know, if you want to be a magazine that criticizes entertainment or reports on entertainment, you have to be willing to take a shot or two. So hopefully that person will come on, um, because uh, I just think it would be better for the whole uh, the whole business. Let's get it out in the open and talk about it. So uh, hopefully that person takes us up. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, you know, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit anymore. This, this, we do this show for fun. Uh, I don't want to get too much into that, but that's the reason why we do this show, and that's about it. And so I'm not going to sit here and fucking dance like a monkey for anyone. We're going to talk about how we feel, and that's it. And hopefully the people that listen to the show appreciate that and appreciate what we're trying to do. We have some great guests coming up. we got Greg Morton coming in, Alan Park, a bunch of other people that shoot from the hip, and hopefully we'll have great shows. And we'll be getting a lot of emails and, and messages on Facebook that people are really digging the show. I don't know if you saw today on my Facebook. 
Facebook wall. Someone said I have a really shitty life and I have tons of time, <laughs> tons of time to listen to podcasts and I'm loving I, your show. Has that guy installed webcams in your house and is yeah. watching you? Yeah. He's remarkably accurate. Yeah, I know. Oh. I know. Well, I know he's not accurate. I mean, as much as you go pull your hair out uh, over your no, kids he and says stuff. he has a shitty. Oh, he life. has a shitty life. So he's got okay. a, a shitty right. job and he has lots of time to listen to podcasts oh, on his job. Okay. So he likes to show. He's been going through them all, oh, which is okay. great to hear. I you thought know? he. I thought he was commenting about your life. No, no, but, no. Okay. But uh, something else that's interesting that happened is uh, a guest bailed uh, tonight for the first time because they just were a little nervous about what we were going to talk about and and say. And if you've listened to this show, we. We've had everything from, you know, documentary filmmakers to, uh, you know, musicians to stand-up comics. And we, we say whatever we want, but that doesn't mean we're going to be mean-spirited or, or negative with someone. So hopefully that won't happen in the future and we can have that person on. So uh, that is, unfortunately, the show. Uh, we do want to make a couple quick announcements. Uh, friends of ours at the Cottage Creek Comedy Festival, or sorry, the Cottage Country Comedy Festival, is running a big uh, Valentine's Day gala uh, in the Muskoka area. So if you live uh, near the Huntsville Algonquin Theater, Kelly Taylor is going to be there. Also, um, Glenn Wool, Graham Chittenden, Tyler Morrison, and from New York City, Andrew Schultz. And also, who else is going to be on that show? Christina Walkinshaw, who Christina you can follow Walkinshaw. on Twitter at Walkinshaw. Yay, me! Yay! And Yay. Uh, that is going to be on Friday, February 10th. So uh, check into that if you live up in that area. And uh, also, there's lots of tons of future gigs coming my way. We're going to be in Sudbury and PEI in the next couple months. So check out my website at ComedyHorror.com. And David, uh, where can they find you? Uh, the next show that I'm going to be uh, promoting is going to be uh, the East End Comedy review, which happens at the Dominion on Queen, uh, 500 Queen Street East. Our headliner is going to be uh, Sandra Shamus, who sells out the Winter Garden Theater. And this, is, this is a great chance to see her in a very intimate venue. And also on that show is going to be uh, Rob Pugh, uh, Ron Sparks, who actually wrote the letter that uh, yep. sparked our whole Now Magazine controversy, and uh, Ian Sirota. And I'll be hosting that show. It'll be fantastic. All right. So if anybody wants to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email, uh, anything goes at SiriusXM.com. Uh, and uh, that's it. So uh, till next week, take care of yourselves. And uh, we're going to be uh, putting uh, two more podcasts up on the uh, uh, iTunes. Perfect. So check so. those out. All right. Yeah. Yay. Thanks Yay. for having me, boys. Breaking Thank you for cherry. Breaking Thank, the cherry. Thank you for being here, Christina. Popping my XM cherry. All right. I smile and wave.